We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Yes, 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 indeed. It is the noble thing to do. To keep living by the word, the noble thing to do. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Darrell E.Z.D. Fulton, and I'll be introducing the, my teammates momentarily. But let me give you an opportunity to call into this live presentation for you to join in, because without you, this broadcast will not go. So as you call in, as you email us, then we will deal with those questions that you have. Questions about anything. It's not just theology. It's not just the Bible. It's about life. The Bible speaks on many things, and we want to give you a biblical response. So here's the phone number. Actually, get your Bibles. Get a paper, a pen, or something to write with, and be able to take notes during the day. You may develop a question, or you may want to share information with people in the future, or even share that we're on the air right now. One triple eight LA Talks is the number. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. You can call in, and um, our, our dear double duty uh, engineer and um, phone caller, our phone receiver today, uh, screener Andy, will handle that call. So one triple eight LA Talks is the number. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Which are open on this question, and um, you can send us emails uh, if you write in the address box. Write out questions at questions at bibleinfobrokers.com let me do that one there's only one questions questions spell it out questions at bibleinfobrokers.com you can send us an email question that way we want to deal with all the questions that you have and if you called last week and you weren't able to get on please give us a call today if you're the first time caller first time listener give us a call this is a live presentation so you know we do a live radio right now so just call us right now at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven email once again i'll be giving it much more later on but email questions spell it out questions at bibleinfobrokers.com without further ado let me introduce my teammates brian mr six hour drive alan how you doing brother <laughs> oh doing okay doing okay good, I, good. I i drink the uh five hour energy drinks minimally so for a six hour drive every now and then <laughs> well we, i was up in sacramento with my son my there wife and go. i we just had a great time and so uh, you know, we uh, left this morning and, uh, you know, took, a, took our drive home. And uh, so, praise God, we got home safely. Yes, sir. And uh, so here we are. And I had a nerve complain about a, uh, a two-hour drive in Lake Elsinore. And I know Craig is probably giggling about that. And the name Craig I just mentioned is our own resident professor, PCH, we call him. Professor Craig Hawkins, how you doing, brother? Doing well. Doing well, Daryl. Yeah, that's a little drive. I'm talking about a little two-hour drive here. I got a six-hour man here with me right in front of me. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, but Professor uh, Craig, Brian, and myself, we're ready to receive your phone call. So go ahead and start dialing in now at one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven, or in the email box. You can write questions at bibleinfobrokers.com. We want to deal with all those issues, all those questions you may have. So let's get into it right now. Oh, Brian, go ahead. Yeah, I, I kind of want to start off. I, I heard something uh, 
on the radio today, and it was kind of interesting, and um, it was, uh, and I want to get you guys' perspective on it, and it was dealing with the issue of fear and faith, and it was, uh, you know, it was being said that there's, um, like, contradictions in, in the pulpit regarding that, but basically, you uh, and I can't remember the passages offhand. I think one was in First uh, or Second Timothy. Can't remember uh, Proverbs. But they were saying like, if you have faith in God, you should have no fear. And they were saying like, if you, you know, it's said, it's been said like, if you do fear, have fear, then you don't have faith in God, and you're not being obedient to God's word, or uh, uh, and or, or um, so. So the whole topic was dealing with fear and faith and can a christian have fear and if he does then does he really have faith interesting what were they coming from any kind of perspective about fear being used as the word reverence or respect or no no i mean scared scary kind of like like being uh, fearful of something that could happen to you fearful of dying Mm -hmm. uh fearful of uh just really uh anything that could that can harm you right. or, or something that could could take place. So they're saying then, I mean, the comment was, uh, it's been said that uh, if you do have fear, then you really have no faith. Well, shuck, so many so many verses come to my mind, like the, be, the beginning of wisdom is fear. The fear of the Lord is what we want to start with. Uh, it makes me think about, um, you know, the, the aspect of, Lord, help my unbelief. Um, you know, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Uh, the, the idea of fear, the, the scary cat fear, I would, I only lean towards this way. They're strictly talking about you're fearful. Then in this world with so much uh, uh not understanding about what this world is all about, what things are going to go on, and not understanding the afterlife, anything like that. You better be afraid of something, but the fear would lead you to God, is what I would think, as opposed to because you have fear, now somehow that takes away from your faith. And so once you come into the list, it's almost like a child. We were all young before. I mean, believe it or not, many years back we were young. And when our, our, our parents would, um, you know, when something would happen to us, we run into the arms of our parents. And then once we were afraid of that situation, run into the arms of our parents, we're not fearful of our parents, but we receive that comfort and that, um, and that um, solace in, in the arms of our parents. I look at God as that same way for myself. Yeah, but it, and it, was, it was like the first time I, I, I've, heard, I've heard it put across like that. Your thoughts, Craig? No, no, I've heard it a number of times. That's typical word faith type teaching, that one should have no doubt, no fear, what have you. Now, we don't want to confuse the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, with just being fearful. As, as Paul said to Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And now the context of the word fear there, uh, phobos, the word for fear, is not dealing with fear of God, the reverence or respect and awe of God, and, and, and what, in a good, healthy sense, fearing his judgment is his his discipline for our our sinfulness um but this is fearful in the sense of yeah cowardly or uh indeed we took we were told that the fearful uh, the cowardly shall not inherit the kingdom of god even declared back in the uh, towards the end of the book of revelation last chapter um and we're also told in first john that perfect love cast out all fear so i want to say say this so if we were perfect then we would not have fear that God would fail us in anything in life, even of death or what have you. Because, again, perfect love, if we had perfect knowledge or, or perfect appropriation, I should say, of that knowledge, then none of us would have fear in, in the, the secondary sense, in the sense of being 
uh, scared, um, but none of us do. And, and the people who say, say they do, uh, I don't believe them. Um, I, I believe that um, what's interesting, the Greeks, for Aristotle, for example, uh, what, what's called the golden means is often misunderstood by people. They think somehow the truth is always in the middle. So don't drive on the right or left side of the road, drive in the middle type of nonsense. But but Aristotle did talk about you know, there is courage, but there is something opposite of courage, and that's brashness or rashness or stupidity that is rushing in or angels fear to tread. And so we should have complete confidence in God, but the problem is not God, is us. So uh, I don't want to say fear is okay, but it doesn't follow that because one, some has, one has fear that therefore one has no faith. I would argue the distinctions between fear and perfect faith are perfect belief, perfect trust in God. And that would cast out all fear, because if you really know God, who he is, that is his omnibenevolence, his all goodness and kindness, his omniscience, being all knowledgeable, and omnipotent, potent, all powerful, you realize there's nothing really truly to fear. Um, but I do want to come back to that in just a moment. But um, nonetheless, um, so, so the distinction here, I would argue, is a false dichotomy, and these people are speaking incorrectly when they talk about if you have fear, you don't have faith. That's not true. Look at the, the, the one man whose son was possessed. He says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. Clearly there was some fear and unbelief there, and yet he still did have some belief. People are confused when they think it's the quantity of your faith. It's not the quantity, it's the quality. That's why Christ says if you have this, you know, faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, uh, you know, a small seed of a plant, if you will, you can say to this mountain, be removed, and you know, what have you. So, so again, the distinction would be between perfect uh, belief, uh, faith, and 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 having uh, not having not having fear. But we all have some fear. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let me put it this way. And again, people say they don't. I don't believe them. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the same people who, who don't believe in and, and doctors and believe they should just pray. And certainly we do believe God, one should pray to God for healing. Certainly we believe in James 5, call the leaders of the church and pray and ask for, uh, for God's direct healing. But if he doesn't, you're going to go to the doctor. And there's, you know, I've had surgeries, as you guys have as well, and whatnot, and there's times where you know, you, you know you're going to be okay, but it's, you still you know you're in for some pain. I've had root canals, and I realize, I, I know I'm going to live through it, but I've had some really painful root canals, and there was still the pain that I did, uh, you know, receive from that. I knew I was going to live through it. I knew I'd be okay in the end, but there was some apprehension, which is anxiety, which is fear. So, so it, again... Because this makes this is a hyper spirituality. Yeah, uh, let me put it this way: it's just like this. Uh, Christians don't have to sin, but we do. And we don't have to sin. We can't make excuses for sin. We have no excuse. But also, First John tells us that even Christians who claim to be without sin, they de- they're liars and they're right. deceiving themselves. And so, again, there's all there's all kinds of things we're, we're we're anxious about. But we are, as we're told in First Peter five and then seven and eight. Uh, be anxious, marimna is that Greek word, which means be distracted, uh, carry, like you're torn in a thousand directions, that sense of overwhelming dread, uh, anxiety. Cast your cares, that's the word marimna, your anxieties mm-hmm. upon the Lord, for he greatly cares for you. And then, of course, Philippians 4, that great passage, you know, um, uh, be anxious for nothing but in all things with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be yes. made known unto God in the peace of God which passes all understanding shall guard your heart and mind of Christ Jesus. So 
We all have some fear. We're all imperfect. It doesn't mean we don't have any faith. It means we don't have perfect faith. Well, welcome to the club. <laughs> None of us does in this site, and I'm really just tired of these hyper-spiritual people uh, who are not in touch with reality, who don't tell the truth. Again, these are the same people who say they don't believe in doctors, and they sneak into hospitals, their their spouses, and they have surgeries, they wear glasses, uh, they do all kinds of things, and they say, oh, you know, if you just have faith, you, you know, you, you can you can choose the day you die and everything else. They're not telling the truth. You know, Craig and Brian, Brian, now we didn't talk about this before the broadcast began, but it's interesting that you brought up that question. I just read something that kind of encapsulates all that Craig just said, what your question implies, and if you don't mind, I'll just read us a, a quick two paragraphs, and it's says, as long as Jesus is one of many options, he is no option. As long as you can carry your own burdens, you don't need a burden bearer. As long as your situation brings you no grief, you will receive no comfort. As long as you can take him or leave him, you might as well leave him because he won't be taken half-heartedly. But when you mourn, when you get to the point of sorrow for your sins, when you admit that you have no other option but to cast all your cares on him, and when there is truly no other name that you can call, then cast all your cares for him. He is waiting in the midst of the storm. The person that wrote that is a gentleman by the name of Max Licato. Some folks have heard about him, but that, to me, that kind of encapsulates what you're talking about. This Jesus that we're talking about, this Jesus that we claim that we believe in, why would we need him, Craig, Brian, if we didn't have some fear, if we didn't have a healthy, respectful life in what we're dealing with in life? And so, Craig, I'm with you on that, this hyper-spiritualism and, uh, you know, almost like sort of a metaphysical thing with the Christian scientists and all that stuff who believes things are almost like an illusion so you don't have to worry about anything. Kind of false theologies, I would say. Amen. Anything else, gentlemen, on that? Brian, that's an excellent question to we'll start us off. Let's, let's do this. Let's, um, let's bring up someone who normally we bring up at the end of the broadcast because that's the time he calls in. But right now we got our good friend Dan, and I promised him we would take him first, and he's here. So, Dan, keeping my word, welcome to the broadcast, brother. Hi. How you doing, sir? And a little correction. I called in before the break last week, but it took until the end of the show. Well, so, who, 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 wants to be, who wants to be corrected? What you giggling about, Craig? <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Appreciate that correction, Dan. What's At up? what time I am afraid I will trust in the Lord. Uh, you just I just want to say I'm sitting here with pain in my neck, and mm. in my shoulder runs down my shoulder. I've got a knot in the back. All connected. I took three. I took three ibuprofen. And I'm going to trust God, but I'm not going to be in denial that I have pain while that's going on and, and act as if it's not there. Right. And, and uh, I'm going to ask you guys to pray it before we get done. But mm. to get back to the topic of last week, when we ran out of time, free will, free will, God's will, self-will, uh, determinism and philosophy, uh, I even found Molinism in my, rec in my study since then. And uh, there's those that say that we're predestined and, fo and foreordained and uh, that I have no free will. And then there's those of us that think we have some free will. And then my, before I was saved, uh, because of my sin nature, I was kind of bound. Now I'm set free after receiving the, the gospel. Uh, and, and now, but I'm being conformed to the image of his son. God is sovereign. But he does have free will. There's passages in the Bible that talk about free will. Um, there's theology all over the place for this. 
So in that small in that small subject that you bring up, Dan, you know, I can almost see us do uh, like 20, 20, 30 weeks or something like that. But obviously, we're going to try to encapsulate it into some kind of meaningful thing tonight. So, um, how would you pose your question in regards to the free will question? Well, uh, succinctly, uh, what does the, does the professor think we have free will? Is it limited free will? Am I a puppet? Or am I under God's control, or or do I have do I actually have free will that God works through to get me to do what He wants me to do anyway? Craig, well, let's let's put him on a timer, Brian. No, go right ahead, Professor. What say you? Well, this it's a complicated, difficult issue. The godly, intelligent Christians clearly disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, so no surprise, no surprise there. Um, this this is an issue that's been pounded by the church and debated vigorously on numerous sides for. For millennia, um, uh, so I mean, I'd like to say I'm going to give the definitive answer. Uh, I think of Augustine, Augustine's classic work on free choice of the will. Uh, Augustine lived uh, 354 to 430 towards the fall of Rome. Um, he also wrote on the free choice, um, excuse me, on grace and free choice. And he, these are definitive works. I'm not saying say completely uh, the answer, but they're, they're profound works one would have to read. There would be a few works one would read in study of this. Uh, God's Word, of course, number one, obviously. Sorry. God's Word, Augustine's on free choice of the will, on grace and free choice. And certainly, uh, you know, Martin Luther's work and his debate with Erasmus, and then, of course, Jonathan Edwards. Um, so a couple of distinctions. Maybe we'll just get started with some distinctions and some initial caveats and whatnot tonight, because there's so much to talk about. Dan, by the way, love you, brother. Always appreciate you, and always and glad, glad, to hear, good, glad and good to hear from you. So, uh, my friend. Um, so, so I'm going to argue nobody's first of all absolutely free, and it just kind of like it's not you know either I have no fear or I have no faith. Uh, it can be both and because we're imperfect beings. Um, the we want, first distinction we want to make is between uh, soteriology or salvific. Do we have the ability to choose God by ourselves? Uh, there I'm going to argue no, because uh, Christ says, you know, no man can come to me, but, you know, the, the Father, unless I draw him, right? And we're also told as well, you, Christ says, you have not chosen me, but I chose you. So I'm what's called a monergist. I believe that God does the seeking, he does the drawing, he does the wooing as opposed to synergism. Synergism, the uh, the word, the preposition with, and then work, energy, as opposed to we cooperate with God. Dan mentioned Molinism, but before I get too diff- deep here, mm-hmm. first. So this one distinction would be, can I choose God in and of myself? I do not believe the Bible teaches that. I do believe God comes looking for us. I believe the Spirit of God, as we're told in John 16, verses 8, 9, and 10, for example, um, convicts us of sin or righteousness and judgment. Uh, but but can I choose the shoes I wear or that? And I think there's some relative free will there. I mean, what food I had today or, or, or to eat or not eat, uh, even that has some restrictions. But uh, I want to separate those, those things out, the salvific issue versus matters of what type of car I drive or where I live or you know what have you. Um, there, I would argue there's some free will uh, in the second category, but I would argue biblically there's no free will. In the former category, that uh, we are sold into slavery and to sin, uh, we are dead, as Ephesians 2 says, and it is uh, the Spirit of God through the Word of God that quickens us, that makes us alive and, and lets us attend to His calling. And 
So let me say it this way. Some people say, well, you know, I know somebody's spiritual and they're seeking God. And I would argue in light of uh, Romans 3, it says there's none good, no, not one. There's none that seeks after God. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, mm. right? All have turned aside, uh, quoting from, from Psalm 14, 1 and 2, uh, Romans 3, uh, you know, uh, and 2, excuse me, I'll get the exact passage, is very, I believe, uh, specific. So we didn't go looking for, I would say, no, that person, actually, what you're seeing is is that God is calling them. You're seeing God's working, uh, the Spirit of God working in their life. They didn't go looking for God. They didn't just say, hey, I really need God someday by themselves, but God is is after them, the hound of heaven, if I could say it that way, is after them. And so those are key issues and distinctions for me. Now, are there godly, intelligent Christians who believe that we cooperate with God? Uh, that, again, is called synergism. Now, let me just say this. The early church rejected what's called Pelagianism. Pelagianism by a monk named Pelagius, who lived at the same time almost exactly as, as Augustine, interestingly enough. Um, he believed that, yeah, Christ died for people who need him, but there were people who could be perfect in and of themselves. So for those who needed a Savior, that's what Christ was for. But there were those who were, were good and righteous in and of themselves. They, they didn't, not only would they seek God, they didn't need God for salvation. They could save themselves by their good works. The Church, even Roman Catholicism, has roundly rejected that. So the debate falls to what's called semi-Pelagianism. Now, Dan used the term Molinism, which came from Thomas de Molina, who was a Roman Catholic uh, a thinker. And this is kind of summed up in the idea, if I could put it crassly, um, the devil votes against you, God votes for you, you make the deciding vote, and or you cooperate, you can go looking for God through provenient grace or otherwise. I, I don't really hold that view either. I believe, again, it's only through the Spirit of God, primarily working through the Word of God, uh, that one who is spiritually dead can be made alive in the sense to attend to the things of God. So there's all these different issues and, and uh, subtleties and whatnot one needs to pay attention to. But at least, again, the key distinction would be between Pelagianism, which uh, I don't hold, of course, and the Church has, again, roundly rejected, and semi-Pelagianism, and I reject semi-Pelagianism as well. Rome would not. Ro- Roman Catholics do not reject semi-Pelagianism. I believe it's true. Then there's distinction, do I have free will when it comes to me seeking or or choosing God? I would answer no, like Augustine. Um, and, the, and then the issue, can I choose to have a banana or, or a strawberry or neither? Well, yeah, all things equal, I can do that, unless there's some type of external coercion. Now, there's so much more to be said. Let me just say this real quickly now. I've spent a fair amount of time already, but then there's the philosophical uh, not kaleidoscope, uh, rainbow, um, per uh, spectrum. Um, there is, and, and some Christians really confuse this, there is what's called fatalism. And fatalism is not necessarily determinism, it's determinism on roids. Fatalism is no matter what I do, no matter what I choose, uh, something bad's going to, let's say, happen to me. I'm going to fall down in an elevator shaft. Even if I know it and try not to do it, I'll still end up doing it. There's a famous story of a, a guy, allegedly, who found a book of his life. It's, uh, it's fictional, but it makes a point. And he was enthralled with it. He checked it out of the library, and he was on his, he was on his way to uh, flying to Cincinnati. And, of course, as he's reading the book, he realizes, hey, how do I die? He's, he cuts to the end of the book, and he finds out that he dies on a plane, uh, plight, 
fight uh, flight to Cincinnati. So he so freaks out that he he goes in into the cockpit and tries to take over, and so they won't land in Cincinnati and ends up crashing the plane. So that's fatalism. There's what's called determinism. Determinism is that you're still determined. There really is no free choice. There is no free will. And there were even non-Christians who held this. The intermediate view would be called soft determinism. That there are causal factors even in salvation, but that there is some, in some sense some type of significant, not complete, not 100%, but significant free uh, will, enough free will, to call, a choice to call it free will. Then there's what's called libertarianism, which would be the idea that you don't necessarily need causal factors, and that moves all the way to the other side of the pole called indeterminism, which there is no causality. There really is there's this radical freedom. This would be like a radical existentialism or what have you. Now, that, that's the philosophical slash biblical uh, spectrum I just gave you, moving from, from fatalism, determinism, various degrees here, uh, soft, uh, what's called soft determinism or uh, compatibilism would be the other term I want. Um, and then, and and the, then there would be libertarianism, and there'd be radical. Um, uh, what's the word I want? Indeterminism. And the two extreme views are called incompatibilist views. They believe there's no such thing as causality, and yet there's still being choice. And and uh, theologically and philosophically, this applies. So, Dan, I know there's more to be said, but I, as you can see, I've already said a mouthful to say the least. <laughs> and these are issues, and and uh, uh, so I want to say two things quickly. So yeah, of course, number one, there's much more to be said, and one wants to pay careful attention to the biblical text, and that's why I mentioned Jonathan Edwards, uh, the debate between Luther and Erasmus, and of course uh, two, Augustine's many works, but two whole works just on the issue of quote-unquote free will. One wants to pay attention to the biblical data. Number two, there are many Christians who mean well, who don't think these things through very carefully and very and very um, thoroughly. And number three is, though, there are godly, intelligent Christians who simply disagree. Of a classical case would be a Calvinism, or various shades of Calvinism, versus the shades of Arminianism. Calvinism would, would be the idea denying that there's free will when it comes to issues of salvation, and our contemporary Arminian theology, which would basically be a semi-Pelagian viewpoint. Now, again, I know it's a lot, a lot of terms, but it's okay. We need to play hardball sometimes, and we need to think in deeper categories and try to understand the full counsel of God. Not that I've got this all worked out, not that I've got the perfect answer, but I've given this a lot of thought, to say the least. You know, Dan and Craig and Brian, when we think about things like this, it, the, the word hardball comes to mind because uh, people actually have these thoughts in their mind and then they get caught up into the world affairs and don't want to really uh, kind of parrot them out or fair them out for themselves. And then when they listen to someone and it sounds good, then they listen to somebody else and it sounds good, like those uh, godly Christians, intelligent Christians, Craig, you said they would disagree and have a different thought about it, then they're kind of like in between what do they do? Well, you should keep on struggling with it. You keep on working out your own salvation with this fear and trembling that we talk about. Dan, thank you very much for your phone call, brother. Hey, we want to pray for Dan. Oh, absolutely. Greg, would you do that, please? Father, thank you so much for Dan, our dear brother and friend. We just appreciate him so much. We pray for your grace and favor, work in his life for the financial difficulties yes. and realities that he and his wife are facing, and, and health issues and concerns as well for both his wife and the surgery she just had a little while ago, and uh, Dan's health as well. Uh, we commit them to you, and we pray for our other brothers and sisters who, who are in a similar predicament of Dan and his wife and have financial um, and physical 
concerns and issues that greatly affect them and weigh upon them, their hearts and minds. And we just pray for them and Dan and his wife and and other brothers and sisters in the same predicaments uh, or similar predicaments. Be with them. Uh, May you lavish your grace and favor upon them. May they know of your love. And may you provide for them according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We commit them to your care and pray for your grace and favor. Again, then lavish love to be given to them, extended to them tangibly. In Christ's name we pray this and thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, I want to thank you, but first, uh, real quick, I, I, after all of that, there was one term I didn't... Could you give me a quick definition of feudalism, Craig? A feudalism? Yes. I think he said fatalism. fatalism. He said oh, fatalism. fatalism. Yeah, feudalism was the medieval yeah. system of, right. of uh, vassal, caesarean, king treaties type things. Uh, but fatalism, right. yeah, That's is the said. view, and I gave you the story of the guy who causes the, the plane wreck, the very thing he was trying to prevent. Yeah. Fatalism is that whatever your fate is, you have a fate, and there's nothing you can do to change it or alter it. So. God forbid, let's say, well, it's your fate to be uh, a great man of God, and there's nothing you could do to change that. Or if, if you were going to be uh, killed in a horrible manner or what have you, there's nothing you could do, even though you willed, you wanted it not to be the case. You, you, your fate is sealed. It will happen, and it's called fatalism, F-A-T-A-L-I-S-M. All right. All right. Well, I think I'll follow up next week because we kind of we scratched the surface. Absolutely, that's all we did. Yeah, that's, like that. that's all we can do in a limited amount but of time. But hopefully, it was a good scratch. Exactly, no, very a good scratch. scratch. It's a really good start, but it, it, I think we'll, I'll call in again next week so we can go deeper. Yes, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Dan. Dan. Appreciate the phone call. Love you. Bye. Love you too, brother. You know, Craig, as you was talking about the uh, the fatalism and everything, I just wonder how Jonah felt when <laughs> he was dealing with Nineveh. I just got through reading about that, and then the first thing came to my mind about, dude, did Jonah have a choice, and uh, did God just make him do something like that, and all those things come to play? Well, there's an old joy, a joke that God won't force you to do something, but he'll sure make you willing to do it. <laughs> and even with, with Jonah, the next question would be, would be okay, but what if he disobeyed them? Would God still have forced him? And, there you go. And that's a $64,000 question. Exactly, and exactly. And there appears to be times that, uh, you know, well, again, there's, uh, you know, how do we count for di- disobedience and whatnot? These, these are great questions, important questions, and we can spend more time in the future on them, hopefully. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, just like Dan, you can call in with your open, honest question, one la talks one 888 You're dealing with things in life, give us a call. There may be a biblical response, maybe a biblical answer for We want to share that biblical answer if we uh, could do so with you. Um, just things in life happen. You're reading your Bible, Bible studies, uh, people, your family, just things that you're going through. We believe that Bible have an answer for a, quite a bit of life, if not all of life. So give us a call, one la talks one 888 528-2557 open honest questions as regards to that and also you can send us an email question just like we have a couple here that Brian's going to deal with momentarily uh, the email uh, address is questions spell out the word questions at bibleinfobrokers.com questions at bibleinfobrokers.com let's get back to uh, the phone calls and go to Costa Mesa to talk with our friend Joy. Joy thanks for holding on and calling in Oh, thank you always. And those were great answers and faith and fear and Dan's question. Anyway, um, my question is for a dear friend of mine who's just become a Christian recently, and she asked me the other day, because she works very hard, she said, did Adam go to heaven? And um, I told her I 
I, that was a great question, and I said, I'm not really sure. And then I said, but I think so, because of Genesis 3.15, that, you know, when the Lord gave the... But anyway, I wanted to hear your answer. Well, you know, Joy, uh, good question. Um, the, the Bible doesn't specifically say if right. he did or he didn't. Uh, right. But I, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the same page you are. I I believe uh, that he did, mm-hmm. and uh, but in so far as uh, to give you any biblical backup to that, um, I, I I can't. But I I do believe Adam did go to heaven. Craig, no, same answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, so, very good. Yeah, and, and you know when the you know when the Bible is silent on something, you know you, you can't give a definitive answer. Right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Could I ask you a question? You can say no. It's not a question, question, but to give a plug for something that's happening next weekend on um, uh, um, a mock debate. Um, well, Joy, why don't we do this? If you can simply, um, do you have access to internet? Yeah, my phone. Can, can you can you send us a e- email to us what it is, and we'll take a look at it, and then we'll make the announcement if we deem well, that it should okay. be. Okay, we appreciate that. To questions asked. Um, Absolutely, we get that uh, real time. Is right, Brian. That's right. Okay. Questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. I could do that right now. Absolutely okay. right now. Okay. Thank Thanks you very so much. Thank you. Julie, how's it going with that other dialogue you're having with that other friend? We were talking about uh, demossession and whatnot. How did that go? Oh, thank you for asking. I really appreciate that. Well, I, sh- I mean, I, you helped me so much that I just was very, um, felt very impressed that it must be a mental illness. He kept saying that word, mental illness, so I think like that. He's still thinking about that word, you know, that um, because he read it or heard it somewhere that, um, you know, that <clears throat> the devil, the, the flesh, the thorn in the flesh. But I'm giving him input that you said, and thank you for asking for us. It's too long to go into right now, but okay. it helped. you told me, and I did pass on that information, and you know, she needs, um, they need help. You know, they need, they need the help. And, you know, a Christian cannot be demon-possessed. And, and so, like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, Joy. We really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Bye. Professor, that's a, you know, it's an excellent question that you did ask, Joy, about that, because dealing with the, whether it's the mental health, demon possession, people almost, sometimes we get caught up in why or the because. I was thinking about that uh, just the other day about the because or the why did God do something. Why do we want to know so much why as opposed to is it true that he did do it? Is this happening or that happened in life? We always want to know the why to it. We want to know the unknown. We got so much of what we do know, what's been revealed to us that we're not even dealing with in a in an efficient way. Um, just a quick thought on that, Brian and Craig, and then, uh, Brian, I would like you to ask, uh, give the people the privilege and opportunity how they can support this broadcast. But, Craig, real, real, real quick thought on that. Well, I mean, I don't have a problem with people wanting to know why, but there is a point in time where we need to, to, to follow through and do, even though we don't know all the whys. I, I don't see God rebuking us for asking why. There's nothing. God gave us a mind. He expects us to use it. We're to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, the greatest of all commands. And the word is not the general word noose, but dianoia, therefore mind. So there's nothing wrong with wanting to use your mind. But, 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 but is, and the people who've listened any time know that I'm really into education. I've been a professor for 30-some years. Um, I, I, have, um, I love the life of academia, the life of the mind. Um, but that's no substitute, and that's no excuse for not following through and doing what God has told us to do, even when we don't understand this. Anybody who has kids knows exactly what I'm talking about. 
uh, especially if they've run the gamut of up to the teenage years and beyond. You know that there's times where there's things they need to do, whether they understand it or not, they need to follow through, and their understanding that is not the prerequisite or condition for it being true or they're needing to do it. There's just times where they don't understand it, they don't get it, and they still need to do it. And so it is with us. So there, there's a, there is a balance there of, of yeah, using the, the mind God gave us, but not just like, well, I'm not going to do anything unless I understand That's it. That's the key. That's that, the that'd key. be like saying nothing's true unless I understand it. That's ridiculous. Right, exactly, exactly. I appreciate that, Professor. Listen, uh, folks, we have some open lines. Give us a call with your open, honest question, one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. This program is going to go as you call in and ask those questions. Those questions that you've always been kind of troubling you, have you almost don't have a complete answer for. Give us a call. Call right now and take an opportunity. One triple eight L A talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. We just gave Joy that email address where you can also send us email questions. We'll deal with those momentarily. And the email address is questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. Questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. Quickest way to do is give us a call. Call right now. One triple eight L A talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Brian, one of the questions I don't want to ask why is that why would we not let the people know that the continued support of this broadcast from a financial position is so necessary, not because we're getting paid because we're not, not because, uh, you know, we, we want your money just for no uh, apparent reason, but to, uh, to do just strictly what God would have us to do in this ministry. Let the people know how they can count on a privilege and also in, uh, somewhat of an obligation if we're feeding you uh, spiritual things and the, the, the substance and everything that you have of God's money right now, which is all his if you're a believer. Uh, and really it's all his even if you're not. But uh, the believers should be considering what God would have you to do with his uh, resources. One thing I can say, Brian, before you give them information is this. If you go to a local church, do not take away from what you give to your local church. Please do not divide any, any portion of that. Don't peel us off, a little tip off of that. But carefully and prayerfully consider what you can do for this ministry to help support it and um, continue with the uh, ongoing work that we're doing. And by doing so, 100% of that money goes towards the, uh, the work of this ministry because nobody's getting paid. We talked about that last time. Should we get paid? Maybe to a certain degree, yes. But that's not our main issue. Our main issue is that we continue. We've been in this time slot going on the 20th year for me and uh, Brian and Craig with me for like 18 years, folks. That's a long time for to be so honored to have the privilege to do this. So take an opportunity to consider what Brian's going to tell you as far as the information and then give as the Lord will lead you. Thank you, Daryl. And I do want to say the giving has been down mm-hmm. uh, in summer months. And so, uh, and the other thing too, Daryl, is that um, our um, uh, we're not we're not supported by I, I guess uh, let's say our, our parent company right. or our parent ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not able to do so. Uh, so it's basically uh, uh, the giving comes upon the, our listeners, and that you know, and that's what that's what it is. Uh, but you you can give a couple ways. You can go right to our website and go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click on the link that says Support and Donate, and you can give. You can give uh, individually insofar as just a, a one-time payment. You can set it up for uh, automatic payments. You could do that as well. So it's, it's real simple. It's very safe. So that's one option. The other option is you can uh, mail uh, your donation to us. And uh, we do have a, a new P.O. box. I've been saying this for about a month. Uh, but it's P.O. Box 90477, 
Los Angeles, California, 90009. Once again, yep. P.O. Box 90477, uh, Los Angeles, California, 90009. And so uh, whatever you give, um, we definitely want to thank you in advance. And uh, I would ask that you continue to pray for us. But just keep in mind, you know, it, it's, it's again, we don't want to get in that uh, that atmosphere where we're saying, hey, yes. we're we're off the air if we don't hear from you and you know it's it's happened a couple of times and just don't want that to happen so uh, we're coming to you like you know every week uh you know two or three times a week asking you to support us financially and uh, like i said you know just a few minutes ago uh, for those that do support us financially and prayerfully just want to say thank you in advance we really do appreciate that Again, ladies and gentlemen, listen, go ahead and give us a call, Elaine. Hold on, we're going to bring you up in a second, Elaine, but everyone else can call right now with your open, honest question. Take an opportunity. If you never called a broadcast before, if you have a question, you know, we just don't want you to call just to speculate, but if you have a good, solid question, unless you know everything already about the Bible, which I know you don't because we don't even know that, but give us a call at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight. 2557. Go ahead and start dialing right now and get those calls set up so when we go on the top of the hour break, we can have you ready for the other side of the break. Call us now. Email us now. The number 1-888-LA-TALKS 1-888-528-2557 or the email address is questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com BibleInfoBrokers.com Folks, there's things going on in life and I'm telling you, I have a million questions, and I, uh, going through the Bible as I read it chronologically, um, it's it's just a, a plethora of questions that I have just myself. But we would not dare come on the air and then tick up all the time and ask the questions ourselves. But I'm prepared, so go ahead and call in now. One triple eight LA talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Let's go to Culver City and talk with Elaine. Elaine, thanks for holding on and calling in. Thank you so very much. My uh, question is regarding the Bible Answer Man on KKLA. Well, Bible uh, Answer Man, Bible Answer Man, he, he died some time ago. We got the Bible Answer Junior Man uh, with us. That's Craig Hawkins. But you're speaking about some other Bible Answer Man. I I, I didn't want to call the name. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, I listen, we we, no, we 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 say names. It's not, it's not a problem. We're not we're not we're not out to get anybody and anything like that. But okay. uh, I'm just doing that because we we. we uh, Kind of have some history. That's ba- all. basically Tess, There's only one Bible answer man, and, so. and we're entitled to our opinion. It's wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, state and country, California and United States. But go right ahead, Elaine. I, I agree with you there. However, um, this person, uh, I recently was told he's changed his religion to Eastern Orthodoxy, and I heard him the other night said that there is no change in him. Well, my question is, if there's no change, why did you need to change your religion? Now, my question is, is there, I listen to him periodically, not every night, but my question is that I'm not familiar with this new faith that he's a part of, and I want to know, is there different, and is there a different, is this a philosophy or a different doctrine? Is it, and is it something that we as Christians need to be aware of in listening to him? Yeah, the, yeah. Thank you, Elaine. There are a number of issues and uh, related to the to this. And he's claiming, you know, well, it's a whatever kind of. It's just a. It's still um, 
no big deal, if you will, my change and move over, and, and, but we feel it really is. Um, uh, the Orthodox Church, again, there's either Russian, uh, you know, Greek, what have you, it's not just one. Um, they would see there are patriarchal seas, if you will. Uh, their issue with Rome, let me just start there, is they, they don't necessarily think Rome's not part of the Church, and they certainly grant, grant the bishopric or uh, the, the papacy, uh, they have no trouble with that term per se of the Roman Catholic, you know, b- bishop, uh, the, the Roman Catholic pope, but they would disagree with him being, you know, infallible when he speaks on matters of, of morals and doctrine and, and whatnot. He would be one voice, uh, this so-called collegiality of equals, if you will, type of idea. Uh, but, but, to, but specifically our concerns and issues would be, uh, in Rome, uh, Roman Catholicism, they believe in three sources of authority, the Bible, they believe in uh, tradition, and that would include church councils and whatnot, uh, things external to the Bible, and creeds. And then number three would be the teaching magisterium, and that would uh, be supremely manifested by the Pope, speaking on matters of morals and dogma. Um, whereas in Eastern Orthodoxy, they would say, no, it's tradition and uh, scripture. Uh, they would reject the infallibility, again, of the Roman Catholic Pope. And Protestants say, no, it's sola scriptura. There is a place for reason, for tradition, experience, and all that, but none of them are on par with, let alone above Scripture. Uh, so that's an issue, the issue of authority. There's the issue of salvation. There is this idea of this cooperation with God, and we would see it as a mixing of faith, uh, of, uh, of grace and works. And so we believe it's a confused notion of of how one is made right with God, so we have some real concerns there. Uh, they would hold the transubstantiation. They disagree about when it occurs, but their view is, is substantively the same as Roman Catholics on communion or the Eucharist. Uh, another key concern for us is the issue of the veneration of saints. Now, they would say they're not worshiping, but they do believe in the veneration and praying to saints, and that somehow the saints can intercede for us. This is called, anyway, a number of issues. The use of icons, of pictures and images, um, you know, to, to uh, as uh, teaching devices and whatnot. So there are, there are a number of issues, a number of concerns. Um, Matt, Matthew Slick at, at CARM, uh, Christian Apologetics Resource Ministry, C-A-R-M, has done a nice little fact sheet on this. And uh, to her credit, uh, Jill Martin Rishi, uh, the, the eldest daughter of the late Dr. Martin, who was, as the gentlemen were pointing out earlier, the true and only Bible answer man. By the way, don't ever call me the Bible answer boy. Martin actually got on somebody for doing that, Daryl. Yeah, no, I got you. But at any rate, I did take over for him after his death. I actually did the radio program with him the last year of his life and the year after. Uh, but to the point, um, uh, she, they ha- have a website uh, WalterMartin.org or WalterMartin.com, and she has a nice two or three page outline on the key differences as well between Eastern Orthodoxy and uh, and Protestantism. So, yeah, it is a significant issue. He's toned it down, and and to his credit, I will mention this as well. Uh, James White of Alpha and Omega Ministry has done at least two of his podcasts, almost two hours long, on this issue and on the differences. And I think he does a does a very good job 
of pointing out those differences. So this is a big deal. This is a significant move for Hanegraaff, who, in my opinion, with all due respect, was is never a theologian. He was, uh, and he, you know, he he's known for his memory. He can memorize things, but he was never formally trained theologically or otherwise. And uh, and so I guess I'm I'm like, why are people surprised that he's he's he switched over? He was, in my opinion, never truly grounded as a Protestant anyway in the first place. Uh, but it is a significant issue. He's tr- yeah, I know he's made it sound as if it's just no big deal. It's what I've practically always believed, and it's that's just not true at all. It's not true, with all due respect. Oh, and then, you know, he has this one line. I'll give you an example. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while, but it's something like he was talking to some Christian allegedly in China, and I'm not, you know, saying he didn't, but uh, they, they apparently or allegedly said to him, you know, uh, truth is important, but life's more important. And that's just utter nonsense. And, and, and then repeating that as something profound, that's sheer nonsense. Uh, how do you dichotomize? How do you make a distinction between life and truth? Mm-hmm. Life is to be informed by truth. It's not either or. It's both and. So again, th- th- this quote that he's been using that uh, truth is important, but life is more important, uh, is-, is just sheer nonsense, philosophically and biblically. Why doesn't it- doesn't John four tell us God seeks those who worship Him in what spirit and in truth? Certainly, it's to it apply to our life. And let me just say this, by the way. Uh, I-, I mean, I. I- Sorry, if you can't tell, these type of platitudes really get under my skin mm-hmm. because they sound profound, but actually they're kind of they're silly. It's like saying wherever I go, there I am. You know, that's not really profound. That's kind of like obvious. Um, you know, the word there's two main words for worship in, in the Greek New Testament. That is, uh, proskuneo is a word that if people have heard it, uh, at least they think of the idea to prostrate. We get the idea of prostrating oneself, and that certainly is a key word for worship and worship of God. But it's not the only word. It may not even be the main word. Latreo, a latria, a verb and noun respective, is one of the main words. And actually, the word apparently originally meant to do service. Actually, it was even used of, of what we would call janitors in a temple. Someone in some type of temple was a janitor. Their service, their, their, their cleaning the temple, sweeping it, if you will, was their worship. And so why am I bringing this up? It's not a tangent. It's related to this point. The, even the, a key biblical word, letreo, the, well, for worship, which, again, a lot of Christians have never even heard of, actually has the idea of service. It has the idea of living life, not just you know raising your hands or singing songs, which I'm not knocking, but worship is far more than just singing songs or uh, saying, God, I love you. It is how we live our lives. And it just, once again, points out the silliness of, a uh, type of quote of, and I quote, uh, truth is important, but life is more important. Mm, okay. I, I've had some questions about him in the past, just listening to him occasionally, but I, I guess I didn't take it to heart. Uh, but when I heard this, I thought this is something I better, you know, pay more attention to. Yes, and we're, we're commenting on the theological, uh, you know, aspects here. But if you go to waltermartin.org, there's a whole lot of information on this, and we would highly recommend that, and I think that will inform your your opinion more on the matters you've brought up. Okay, and that's .org, O-R-G. .org, or, I think the, it goes either way, org or com, but I know it's waltermartin.org. And what is his daughter's name? Uh, Jill Martin, and then Rishi. Okay. R-I-T-C-H-E, something like that, uh, spelling. Okay. Okay, can I ask one other question? Actually, we have, you can go ahead real quickly. We may have to do it on the other side of the break, but go ahead and shoot the question. Okay, the question is Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, where Paul is saying, Glory uh, hmm, to the riches of his glory, 
Mm-hmm. Mm, I love. I can see it. Oh, that's okay. Uh, this mystery one. among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of oh, glory. glory. That hope is that. Does that hope stand for resurrection? Well, it is, but it's also Christ and the Holy Spirit living within you. Okay. So in Romans what eight ten eight twelve, we're told clearly that you know Christ lives in us, the Holy Spirit lives in us, right. and so that's the confidence. So Paul says. God's energy, His divine energy, is working in us, and that it's kind of like with First John chapter three and four about the resurrection. It goes hand in hand with that. It's it's not just the resurrection. I think it includes that, but it is God's work. He's already living within us, and that's the seal, the arabon in Greek uh, from Ephesians uh, two one and two. Excuse me. That that God is is promised. He's going to redeem. He's going to complete the transaction. He's made the down payment. He's given us the engagement ring. And he's going to see that's the seal of the deal that's going to be made. And we have this hope already. Hope in Greek means confident expectation. We already know this is a done deal. So I would argue that it's referring to that, and that would include the resurrection. Okay. Okay. That's what I needed to know. Thank you so very kindly. I appreciate your service. Elaine, you're very welcome. Thank you. God bless you, and good night. Brian, go ahead, brother. No, I I just wanted to uh, let her know, too, when she goes to the website, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Walter Martin's WalterMartin.org.com. There's some really, really excellent stuff on there. A lot of his uh, uh, teachings are on there, mm-hmm. and so uh, yeah, just a lot of great information. You know, Professor and, uh, Brian, we come up to a heartbreak in about another two and a half minutes. So I just want to let the people know that um, when they're listening to this broadcast and other broadcasts, they ought to listen with with the mind that Christ, uh, Christ gave you. Um, you know, in regards to especially if you're a believer, and we're going to talk about the difference between a believer and uh, and an unbeliever right on the other side of the break when we have time because we want to give you some good news but along with good news you know for it to be good there's got to be some bad news so we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break but i want to invite you all to uh call in uh we have some people that called in a phone calls drop i got your questions maybe we can deal with those questions but people you can call in right now and be live with us at one triple eight la talks one triple eight 528-2557. We want you to call in with your open, honest questions, and we want to give you, we desire to give you the biblical response. If you have email, we, we have the, the sites all open up, and you can actually send us an email right now uh, to questions in the address box, questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com, questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. BibleInfoBrokers.com happens to be our website as well. So during this break, you can go ahead and navigate through there, see the various things that we have to offer, the resources that we have to offer. We mentioned last week, and Craig mentioned about the various articles and things like that he have on his website. So PCH, if you don't mind, can you give the the website address of of the uh, of your that you have that people can get these resources that are actually. Uh, I've seen for free. I haven't seen you charge anybody anything for all the years I've known you. So can you let the people know where they can go to your website, please? Yeah, thanks, Daryl. There's two ways. They can go to apologeticsinfo.org, apologeticsinfo.org, or maybe just the simpler one is thecollegeoftheology.com, thecollegeoftheology.com. So the definite article, or the, and college of theology, no hyphens, no spaces, Dot com and and yeah and you'll find uh, hopefully a, a plethora of articles and materials and whatnot and and the best of my knowledge except for maybe some teaching tapes or series but it's all f- the free 
uh, yeah, we make that information free to, to folks. You can download it or read it right there online for free. And, and if you're on our site, BibleInfoBrokers.com, just go to resources. It's right there. there. Just go. click Thanks, the Brian. link. It's right there. Walter Martin's is on mm-hmm. there. Very just good. click the link. It'll go right to it. A plethora, if not a plethora, we have many. One triple eight LA talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Open honest questions. Questions at Bible Info Brokers. Send us an email. We'll be back after these messages.